Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Tuesday, February 19th, 2019, and you know what that means. It's time to get nerdy, y'all. Welcome to episode number 92 of Two Nerds in a Pod, the nerdiest gaming podcast in the galaxy. I'm Lom, also known as Mr. Nice Guy, and I've got my comrade in gaming commentary here with me, the miggity 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 Mac, also known as Maction. Mac, how are things, man? Things are good. We have had uh, some unfortunate weather. Uh, as a matter of fact, the next three days uh, and the past few, we've had snow, and we're just going to get more snow. But Mrs. The Mac and I, uh, in a brief interlude in all the snow falling, we were able to get out of town for a few hours. Uh, we went to some slightly warmer climbs. We hiked around a little bit in the great outdoors. I have some what I think are lovely photographs of such. And, uh, yeah, it was just a really, really good day today. And, uh, oh, you did that today? Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, you ever have those days where, you know, you and uh, and Mrs. Nice Girl are just doing nice things for each other all day, and it just gets yeah. to be a better and better day? Everything compounds on it. Nice compounds on nice. It's just amazing. That was one of these days. That's fantastic, dude. Where'd you hike at? I, you know, I used to li- or you uh, not want to say where you went hiking. Uh, Snow Canyon. Okay, fantastic, dude. That's yeah, awesome. so we got to warmer k- climbs and uh, went hiking. Also saw some uh, family members because I've got some family that lives close to there. And, yeah, just a really, really good day for me. Dude, that's sweet. Well, yesterday was President's Day, and I had the day off. So um, I just did – oh, are you drinking Tropical Smoothie? I just saw the cup you're drinking from. Um, dude, I love Tropical I'm Smoothie. drinking water, but from a Tropical Smoothie I hope you brought enough cup. to share with the class, Mac. Uh, yep, yep water i have water of my own um yesterday was a good day man i uh i smoked some ribs you guys know if you watch the stream if you follow me on social media i'm big into the barbecue and i smoked some mean ribs man so i seasoned them up smoked them mac they were fantastic you gotta come out here and try them dude you know we'll see i'm still waiting to hear back on that uh, pharmaceutical job uh just up the road so who knows who knows maybe it should happen it needs to happen um, so also comedy is going really, really well. Last night I went and did an open mic and it was uh-huh. interesting. It was, it's interesting experience because usually at any open mic, there's a few people who bomb. Even the pro comics, they'll bomb occasionally because they're working on new material. This night, I would say every single comic bombed. It was It was one of the weirdest open mics that I've ever been to. And, you know, part of it is that there were just a lot of comedians in the room. Mm -hmm. Usually, at least in the scene that I'm in, in Chicago, um, in the suburbs, comics are pretty supportive. But for whatever reason, the room was just kind of dead last night. So that was interesting. Now, on a positive note, Mac, I have some kind of big news. I'm actually traveling to Orlando, Florida tomorrow to participate in APCA, which is it's basically like a college campus and university campus booking um showcase where there's a ton of universities there they come they see comedians they see musicians they see all kinds of different entertainers and then they can bring us to their university so i'm going to be showcasing there super hyped in fact if you are one of the people who's at that conference and you're listening to this podcast after the fact first of all thank you second of all bring me to your college and let's party and let's play some video games after my show uh it'll be a party i promise you it'll be hilarious and then we can play some uh Apex Legends, Call of Duty, Halo, Fortnite, whatever you're into, it'd be fun. So 
Mac, on that note, I say we do what we do best. And we hop right into the gaming news, my friend. Let's do. Now, you hesitated like you might have had another story to tell, which if you do, speak now or forever hold your peace, buddy. I will do forever it. hold you my peace. You have a story. You're going to hold I, your peace. All right. No, no. Fantastic. Well, hey, we got uh, we got some interesting gaming news today, as always. Let's start with one of our uh, one of our top stories, which involves Mac's favorite game, Fortnite? Black Ops Four. Oh, Black Ops Four, of course. Call of Modern Black Ops. I exactly. love that. I've I've really been getting into this game, and I gave up on Call of Duty for several years. But Black Ops Four is fire. So here's what's going down. Um, This is on GameInformer.com. It says Activision announced that tomorrow, which is actually today, February 19th, kicks off a new season of content for Call of Duty Black Ops 4 called Operation Grand Heist, which brings it with it a whole host of new goodies for the game. Starting tomorrow, season pass holders have access to two new multiplayer maps and the option to play as a monkey in a spacesuit in its blackout mode. There is a new ghost town on the map for players to explore with their cowboy fantasies. Interesting but with automatic weapons and high-speed chases. Bottom line, Mac, Activision still supporting Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Um, now, I, I want to ask your, your like, hypothetical opinion. Call of Duty comes out every single year, but this year, Black Ops 4 is different. They released a Call of Duty Battle Royale mode, and this is the first time they've ever done that. Battle Royale modes require constant support and constant upgrading, but yet Call of Duty is an annual release. What do you think happens to Black Ops 4 Battle Royale when the next Call of Duty comes out? Do they keep supporting it and break the mold, or do they just let it fall fall to the wayside? What do you think, man? Well, that's a wonderful question. Um, what uh, company is it that puts out so it's uh, Black in, Ops? It's, Ac- it's Activision that makes Call of Duty or that produces it, but okay. they're on like a three-year rotation. So this year, Treyarch made the game. Next year, Infinity Ward will make the game, and then the mm-hmm. year after that, I forget the name of the studio. But uh, Activision's the one who's going to be responsible for supporting it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, you know, I don't know all that much about Activision, aside from that I don't care much for them as a company um, and their company practices. So I'm inclined to say that they're probably not going to put much support behind it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I don't have a very high opin- opinion of Activision. So I don't think it's going to get supported for very long, at least. And... Uh, then, uh, to your point of having it on a rotating schedule, it seems like if the next company is responsible for producing the next item in the set, then the support probably won't last past the next release. I, I, just, I just somehow doubt it. Which, you know, is extremely disappointing because this really has esports potential. It's the most fun that I've had playing a Call of Duty game in years. I would hope that they would just keep this going, keep putting out new maps, you know, much like Fortnite, much like PUBG, much like Apex Legends will probably do. So I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens. Well, Mac, this next news story comes from Game Rant, and this one is going to be right up your alley because it kind of involves uh, legal things. And I know you play a lawyer on here sometimes on our podcast. So uh, it says, U.S. government steals Nintendo music for Flash game. Mac, had you heard about this story already? No, I had not. Hit me. Fantastic. So it says, it's safe to presume that when most gamers think of the United States government and video games, they first think of legislation against loot boxes or comments suggesting that violent video games cause mass shootings. 
Another subject to ponder under the umbrella of the U.S. government and gaming is the fact that some agencies within their former have actually allocated resources to make its own games. One of these video games is the Recycle City Challenge, which is a Flash-based game from the Environmental Protection Agency. It's a fairly basic educational game that tests players' recycling knowledge. Sounds like a blast. Um, but what's Did notable you know, is that Mr. Nice Guy, that there are different uh, recycling codes? I did and not, not know that. And they cannot all be mixed. That's why you have the recycling with various numbers on it. See, I'm just saying I would rock at this game. I just didn't think that this would be a game that would be fun. And I was I was thinking it'd be more basic, like, is plastic recyclable or is it not? Is radioactive waste recyclable or is it not? I didn't know what this game would entail, and I still don't. But uh, it goes on to say it's a fairly basic educational game that tests the player's recycling knowledge. But what's notable is that the game appears to be using stolen music. Dun, dun, dun. Nintendo history group Forest of Illusion found the game and started playing, only to discover that music from Yoshi's Island DS can be heard. Although the audio in the EPA game has been altered slightly, the sound is unmistakable to longtime Nintendo fans. However, it didn't require Nintendo fans with good audio identification skills to sniff this one out. Forest of Illusion found that the audio file in question is directly labeled Yoshi's Yoshi DS Underground.mp3. It's a pretty funny and unusual find, but some are wondering if the file could open up US government open could open the US government up to a legal challenge. Now, Mac, that's my question for you. Is Nintendo going to go after the government, or are they just going to let this one go? Are they going to ask for royalties? What do you think, man? It's I the mean, government. It, it's true, it is the government, but then again, it is also Nintendo. And uh, let's not forget, uh, um, it, uh, hang on, I don't have the page bookmarked anymore in my browser, so I'm just going to give this to you from best of memory, but uh, but Nintendo has said that they refuse to, uh, to license their content to people not themselves for the creation of games because it would make their content, their intellectual property, less valuable. Uh, which is kind of the most weird and crazy idea, but that's just how incredibly devoted they are to an iron-fisted control over everything related to their own video games. I don't see how Nintendo could not, at the very least, issue a cease and desist. And as we've seen in, uh, you know, they're not, uh, they're, they're not beyond straight up suing folk. So, uh, yeah, no, Nintendo's going to make some kind of a challenge. I mean, it's probably helpful that the EPA on their Twitter has not talked about how Nintendo ain't gonna do insert expletive <laughs> here. Um, yeah. like, uh, like Mr. Boy happened Soldier to Boy. do. Yes, Mr. Soldier Boy, or Mr. Boy, as uh, he is called by his uh, not acquaintances. And yeah, so at the very least, they don't have the EPA tweeting that at them. But uh, but yeah, it's this may definitely. be a future a future legal story that we discuss on the podcast, depending on what happens with it. You know, you never know. Cool. Well, a couple more news stories. What else do we got here? Um, let's talk Pokemon Go. So, uh, Pokemon Go is still around, Mac. I don't know if you knew that. Um, it says, this is from GameSpot, it says, Niantic has announced a new limited research event for Pokemon Go. Much like a community day, the event will run for three hours this coming Saturday, February 23rd, and it'll give players their first opportunity to catch a never-before-available Pokemon, Clam Pearl. 
During the limited research event, players will be able to receive special field research tasks by spinning the photo disc at Pokestops. Other water Pokemon, such as Krabby and Whalmer, will also appear more frequently through the event, and players will be rewarded with twice the normal amount of Stardust for every water type they catch. Mac, are you going to hop back in and try to get this rare Pokemon? Are you still playing Pokemon Go? Does this entice you? Um, no, no, and no. Fair enough. Right, right to the point. What what made you get bored with Pokemon Go? Was it just too repetitive? Was there not enough Pokemon? There's people still playing it. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, the big problem for me with Pokemon Go is that for starters, uh, they did not, Niantic did not do a good enough job of, uh, of coding support for varied Android devices. Now, of course, for those of you who have uh, iOS devices, there is one hardware revision and, you know, there's not much of a problem with that. That's easy to do. That's why especially a lot of small developers will make games for iOS and not for Android because it becomes bothersome trying to support phones with multiple different hardware revisions, all sorts of different components. It is, in essence for them, a little bit of a nightmare. But uh, for a really big company like uh, Niantic that had partnered with the Pokemon company for, you know, the creation of Pokemon Go... Um, they did not do an especially good job of coding support. And as such, I tried to play Pokemon Go when it first launched, but, uh, you know, Pokemon Go just was not very compatible with my phone. I had spotty... You know, there is is a solution to that. Get a better phone? It's called buying an iPhone. But then I would be supporting, you know... We, we can't we can't go there there are only uh, this podcast only has room for us to talk about two giant evil mega corporations and we're already gonna we've already talked about Nintendo so there's no way we I, can fit Apple in yo in here as Nintendo well. if you're out there listening I do not think that you are evil I've been playing you since I was a kid if you want to hit me with some free games I would accept them and shout you out Mac doesn't support you that's his opinion and not mine I just want to make that clear I'm sorry, Mr. Nice Guy Corporate Shell. <laughs> Yo, if no, they no, want to you know me I up love with you, Super man. Mario Galaxy 3 or Super Mario Maker 2 before it comes out, you know, I'm, I'm down, Nintendo. I love y'all. Absolutely. Anyway, Mac, what, what else were you going to say? Mr. Now? Nice Guy is the nicest guy that you could ever have on your side. But what I was saying is that, uh, is that um, in the beginning there were issues with it working. It would sometimes work, sometimes not work. And it became very difficult for me to appreciate, enjoy, and build the game. Uh, you know, build my roster without having, you know, solid performance w- through the app. So I just said, no, thank you, and kind of moved on and never looked back. So, yeah, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Gotcha. I was just curious because it's still a popping game. Um, let's hear this next news story from Game Informer for my sneaker heads out there. Uh, this says Tetris fans have already had a good year with the release of both Tetris Effect and Tetris 99. Now sportswear apparel, Puma and the Tetris company just made a hard drop and announced a limited edition that Tetris themed sneaker. The Puma X Tetris RS iteration releases worldwide on October 2019. If you subscribe to Nintendo's online service, you might want to check out the recently released Tetris 99. Kyle Hilliard called it fun and it intense experience a fun and intense experience and there's a review here from uh, from game informer so mac we're getting more and more video game type sneakers we got a playstation uh paul george sneaker a while back and now we're getting the puma tetris sneaker if you could have any sneaker based on any game what game would it be mac 
Um, well, you're expecting me to say Mega Man. I and... actually wasn't. I was actually thinking Minecraft is what you were going to say. Because you could oh. get like some shoes that look like little bricks. No, no. Give me, give me those blue bomber shoes any day. All right. There you go. If it was me, probably like some Sam Fisher Splinter Cell sneakers. Of course, Nike. Backup would be Adidas because those are the two brands of sneakers that I wear. Um, anyway, we got a couple more news stories, Mac. Uh, yeah, we're ahead of schedule, so we'll we'll share some more news stories with the people. What else do we got here? Fury. Let's talk about this Fury game that's coming out. Uh, this is on Game Informer as well. It says it wasn't long ago that developers of the game, excuse me, developers the game bakers released Fury, a shoot 'em up boss rush with a hint of character action and bullet hell and a kick and soundtrack. You'd think that the, de- that the developers would follow it up with something in the same vein, but instead they're taking quite a different path with their new title, Haven. Uh, Haven is an adventure RPG about everyday love, rebelling against the rules, and also food. I'm confused what this even means. You play as two lovers who escaped to a lost planet. The only thing that matters to them is to stay together. I'm pretty confused. Um, And in fact, because I'm confused about this game, let's just talk about another game that I recently found out is coming out. Um, And I'm not going to read about it. I'm just going to talk about it, Matt, because this is huge news. Um, Team Cherry, who made Hollow Knight, recently announced that they are going to be making a follow-up game to Hollow Knight. And it is going to be called... i got to scroll and find the name of it. Um... It Silk is song? going to be called yes. What Mac just said. Yes. So uh, uh, allow me to interject, and and just to be clear, I've not been very much on it. As uh, those longtime listeners of the show know, I am very much entrenched in the past, not so much the present. Um, is it a standalone game, or is this or is this DLC for Hollow Knight? You know what? I believe that it started out as DLC. Okay. But over time, they said, you know what? Let's just go big or go home. And now it is actually going to be a full release. There's no release date. Um, one thing that I think is pretty cool about this, Mac, and you'll appreciate this as a Kickstarter guy, people who kickstarted the original Hollow Knight are getting this game for free. So Team Cherry is continuing to support the people who supported them early on by rewarding them with this free game. To put things in perspective, for those of you who may have not played the indie game mega hit that is Hollow Knight, um, I put 70 hours, actually 75 hours into Hollow Knight, and I didn't even 112% it. I didn't even get everything. I beat the game. Um, but And it, it was like a 75 hours that went very, very quickly. It wasn't a grind. It was frustrating and hard. Um, but it was a phenomenal, phenomenal game. And I cannot wait for the new one to come out, Mac. Um, I know you played a little bit of Hollow Knight, but it wasn't your thing. Is that what ended up happening? Um, no, I actually almost beat it, but I wound up uh, getting stuck trying to beat this Colosseum portion of the game. Um, I just kept getting, uh, just kept getting destroyed by the last, uh, the last boss, or the last challenge of, of the Colosseum. And, uh, anyway, I'll eventually play it, uh, play it again and finish it, but I've completed everything necessary to fight uh, to fight at the end. I just kind of wanted to 100% it. So I'm still working on it, but I, I did love it. I really enjoyed Ho- Hollow Knight. I'm a, I'm a Hollow Knightian. I'm, I'm hollow on the inside. Team Hollow Knight. We both Team love Hollow Knight. And I think that's a good note to end on, Mac. That is our news for the week. Back over to you, buddy. All right. Well, now that we've taken a look at the stuff going on around us right now, let's take a look into the past. We're going to focus on three events slash games that have uh, really 
you know, sort of shaped things as they are today. And I want to start because last week we actually uh, we actually did our show on Friday, um, and uh, and I did talk about uh, Super Mario Brothers three at that point in time. Um, now Super Mario Brothers three normally I would have talked about it this week, but you know. Uh, so instead of talking directly about Super Mario Brothers 3, I want to talk about a movie called The Wizard. So, uh, yes. Mr. Nice Guy, did you watch The Wizard by chance? You know what? If if I had to answer no to that question, uh-huh. I would not be upset with you if you said you didn't want to do the podcast with me anymore. Yeah, I've seen The Wizard, man. I feel like every gamer has seen The Wizard or should have. It's well, a so- fantastic movie. So, fun story uh, of the little bit of the behind-the-scenes stuff. The Wizard movie actually kind of wound up happening because there was a shortage of uh, of chips. You know, of course, uh, you know these cartridges all had chips inside of them, and there were a shortage of ROM chips. Uh, and Nintendo took the you know took advantage of this, and uh, the first taste of Super Mario Brothers three came to us through the Wizard, uh, through that movie, The Wizard. Um, so, uh, an unfortunate bit of, you know, an un- unfortunate bit of, uh, production shortfall led us to getting the movie in the first place, which gave us in North America, like I said, that first taste of Super Mario Brothers 3, which would have, re- which was released this week in the past. And I can't think of any other circumstances where we've gotten a video game, a movie that included a video game for actual release before the video game actually landed in, you know, at least North American shores. Um, I mean, every video game movie we've seen has been game movies that have modeled themselves after the game themselves, right? And uh, in a large part, I think that has contributed to what I consider to be the shortcomings or downfalls of those movies, because they try and make, you know, they try and make a movie around the game, whereas this is probably one of, uh, you know, one of the game movies, if you will, that's kind of aged the best, because it's not even about the movie, it's not even about the game at all. The game's just there. You know what I mean? The games, plural, are just kind of there. It's a mo- it's a video game movie in the sense that it's about video games, but it's more about, you know, it's more about the kids, more about, you know, dealing with grief and life and things like that. So, anyway, sorry I droned on much longer than I intended oh, about The Wizard. Oh, that's cool. Quick off-topic, off have you seen the most recent Wreck-It Ralph movie? I have not seen Wreck-It Ralph 2, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Yeah, no, I don't know, man. It wasn't as much based on games as the first one, but I feel like Wreck-It Ralph is another example of a movie that's kind of about the characters, but also has video game stuff thrown in. Even though it took place in an arcade, so there was a lot more game references, I feel like they did a really good job with that movie as well, just to give another example. And again, I think the success of Wreck-It Ralph, and I think... I think this should be taken as notice to anybody who's like, maybe we should make a video game movie, is that the video game movies that have succeeded or that at the very least have aged best are those that the video game's a side thing. I mean, Wreck-It Ralph 
correct me if I'm wrong, well, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure, uh, but Wreck-It Ralph was not actually a video game. Um, it was a creation for the, you know, uh, for the thing. So it's exactly, about video exactly. games, but it wasn't tied into this narrative of the game, um, which is what people are trying to do when they're trying to, you know, draw on the fan base. Um, I think uh, things like Wreck-It Ralph just prove that you can draw on the fan base without, you know, without tying yourself into, tying yourself down to an established narrative that may or may not work well in film. So I agree 100%. Anyway, uh, moving right along, uh, this week in 1993, we saw the release of Flashback for the Sega Genesis um, flashback, of course, definitely has the hits those notes for us. Very similar to things like uh, Prince of Persia in the sense of rotoscoping for motion, and uh, very similar to Out of This World slash Another World. Two very solid games, ones that are close to my heart. And as a brief side note, a few weeks back we talked about a game called Lunar K that was being done in the same style as Flashback, and that uh, did recently meet its funding goal. Um, so good for it. But uh, also, you know, this video game, Flashback, helped shape the future for this very uh, for this very game that we're going to be seeing coming to fruition. Now, Flashback, great game, lovely game, uh, platformer, little bit of side, uh, you know, side on view. Um, I would say it's probably one of the top twenty games of the Sega Genesis. So, for those of you who don't still have your Sega Genesis's and don't still have, or Genesi? No, Genesis's. Somehow um, I knew you were going to correct yourself. <laughs> I, it, it just didn't sound right, Mr. Nice Guy. Um, and uh, uh, for those of you who don't have it, try it on your Raspberry Pis or whatever gaming consoles you have. Flashback is definitely worth your time. Um, I don't know if uh, if flashback was much of your thing, Mister Nice Guy, though. But I don't think you were much of a. Uh, I don't think you were much of a. Yep. Well, it's definitely worth your time. Um, so uh, last but certainly not least, uh, this is uh, an interesting one. You may recall the original Xboxes, the OG Xboxes, if you will. Um, I still have mine. Uh, it's just out of arm's reach, but I still have it. And uh, there was, this week, February 17th, 2005, a fateful announcement from Microsoft, the creators of the Xbox, where they said that there had been about 30 instances of uh, hardware failure that had caused damage to persons and property, and it was as a result of the internals in combined with the cables that you plugged the Xboxes into the wall with. And so they issued a recall offering three, yes, three replacement cables for with a special, you know, sort of grounding circuits in them, um, for you know, for any Xbox that had been made prior to that time in uh, 2005. So, uh, fun story, or well, I should say, fun story. Uh, but the fun thing about that is that there is actually, uh, I think, a couple of weeks ago, um, someone on YouTube, and I, I don't, I, I don't recall off my head, but I think, I think it was the EEV blog, but uh, but don't quote me on that. But they actually did a teardown 
of one of these original Xbox, uh, you know, uh, faulty circuit replacement uh, cables. And it is surprising the amount of time, money, and engineering they spent into rectifying that problem. Um, which, honestly, Microsoft has always been kind of, uh, you know, they don't always do it successfully, but a lot of times they put a lot of money into making sure that things still work into the future, which is something that I've kind of always respected about them. Now, you can certainly say that the Red Ring of Death was, uh, for the Xbox 360s, yeah, was a catastrophe, but uh, but they certainly tried very hard for the original Xbox, and that is just a little bit of gaming history for you tonight. Cool. Now, was that all you had for gaming history, or was there other cool stuff? Uh, well, there's always other cool stuff, but that's all that I wanted to cover tonight for gaming history. Cool. Now, bear with us, guys. I think audio is all good right now. If we have issues, let us know in the chat. But now it is time for our next segment, Mac. Ooh. A segment that we like to call the Topic of the Week, where we talk about something that's relevant in gaming today and give our opinions on it. Now, Mac, I believe this is a topic that we touched on a couple weeks ago because it was rumored. It's still rumored, but it looks like it's going to happen. So this is on GameSpot.com. And I'll just read it. It says, The Game Developers Conference next month will host a keynote talk from the search giant Google, the company announced today. The invite says to gather around and promises all will be revealed at the keynote, which together suggests the company plans to make some form of announcement. Just what this project could be remains a mystery for the time being. We know that Google partnered with Ubisoft last year to test Project Stream. This test allowed interested players to stream Assassin's Creed Odyssey straight through their Google Chrome browser. Um, sorry, I just got a text. Recently, rumors have circulated regarding Google's so-called Project Yeti, which is said to be its own take on the home console. It would focus on streaming and may even have its own exclusive games, but the price and details are unknown. Google's own open project stream test confirms it has been looking into streaming gaming in some capacity, but the rest of the rumors regarding Yeti are unconfirmed. Um, and it says, if Google is planning to jump into video games with some form of streaming box, it likely won't be alone. Microsoft has already announced its own streaming plans called Project xCloud, which will be debuting sometime this year. Mac, what do you think about this? There's a lot to unpack here. Streaming in our future instead of hardware, or I should say instead of, uh, instead of discs and, and cartridges and things like that. Um, Google entering the fray as far as having a, a home console. What are your thoughts on this whole thing, man? So uh, interesting, if true. Google, of course, the Alphabet company has spun off into many different things. Uh, not all of them have proven to be worth their time, and they've dropped those. But what I will say is I will say beware of the streaming-only future. You need to be comfortable and go with your eyes wide in understanding that the streaming-only future means the death of video games. And the the digital-only distribution is also not great, but it's just one step below the absolute terror that is streaming-only video gaming. So I sincerely hope that that part of it is com- is wrong that that rumored portion turns out to be completely wrong um because yeah it's just one more nail in the coffin of video games or at least for those of us who have favorites that we like to return to down the line so yeah absolutely absolutely but that's what i had to offer on the subject 
cool. I wasn't sure if you had more. Um, so, I don't know. I don't think we need another console. I, I can't think of anything that Google will offer exclusive-wise that we don't already have a lot of. So, I mean, when you think back on Nintendo and, and Sony and Microsoft, granted, Microsoft entered the gaming industry after, I believe, after both Sony and Nintendo. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. But I think that part of Nintendo's success is that they've been around so long and they have exclusives that people are hungry for. Unless Google has something really, really creative up their sleeve or like some type of game creation tool that allows people to do their own thing and make their own games, I don't know why anyone would buy that console just to play, you know, Call of Duty or other games that exist on other multi-platforms. So my opinion is that we don't need this. Google, if anyone can come up with something super creative and super unique, it's Google. But I just don't see a reason that we need this. Um, people think that the streaming-only future is a great thing, and I strongly, strongly disagree. Um, having to constantly rely on internet or constantly rely on Wi-Fi is something that people take for granted. Now, Mac, for example, last week the power was out in my area, which is why we recorded our episode a couple days late or a day late, I can't remember. Um, and, and I had purchased something that day that required Wi-Fi to set up. And it was a pain because I didn't have electricity. And then every time I tried to set it up with the Wi-Fi, if the power flickered off, it meant that I, I had to start over because these things take time, right? Mm -hmm. um, with these smart devices. So if you're playing a game and your internet goes down, you're going to lose your save. Now, you could say the same thing about if your power goes out. Um, but, but if something is streaming on the cloud, it means that it's unplayable when you're on a plane. You know, it means that it's unplayable when you're outside of Wi-Fi. Uh, and, and to me, that's just not fun. Um, I, I, I just don't like this future. That's really as simply as I can put it. So, Mac, is that all the thoughts you have, or is there anything else that you'd like to add? You know, I'm going to touch a little bit more on the horror um, in the legalese segment, but uh, that's all I have for now. Fantastic. Well, back over to you then, buddy. All right. Well, as you guys know, we like to take a look at games that are being crowdfunded, and we like to do a little little show of it, a little presentation. Um, we'll go ahead and post a link in the chat to a uh, gaming-related uh, crowdfunding item, and then Mr. Nice Guy and I will talk a bit about the virtues and the vices thereof. And at the end, we will encourage you all to interact with us and tell us whether or not you think this should be kicked out of here because it's garbage, or whether or not it should be kick-started. So for today's kick or kick-start, we have the ultimate Nintendo guide to, or sorry, the ultimate guide to the SNES library. So uh, this might sound and seem a little bit familiar as there happened to be, yeah, we've already got a kick straight out of the gate. Um, <laughs> wait a, I, I didn't see it. I gotta look. Well, well, well played. Well played. Um, so uh, it is a hardcover back, a hardcover book of about the neighborhood of uh, of I think 450 pages or so. Uh, yeah, 450 plus pages spanning every single game in the uh, in you know in in the SNES library. Every single game receives the same, uh, you know, receives the same style of treatment 
on across all of the you know all of the books and this might sound a little bit familiar because when previously the uh the uh, maker of this particular uh, this particular book, the bringer together of it, uh, Pat Contry, uh, when he did the last one that covered the NES, we also discussed that on the show briefly. So uh, he has actually done one before. Now, you know me, Mister Nice Guy. I feel very uh, I feel very strongly about when you're asking for money showing evidence that you can bring things together, that you can bring everything together. And uh, because this is his second time doing this, um, you know, we have a trial run. We have some evidence of him being able to bring this stuff together. It is uh, noteworthy that in the Amazon page for the Nintendo Library Guidebook, um, that hardcover one for the original NES, that it has about 130 or so reviews on Amazon, and it's like 99% five stars. Everybody is in, who who bought that book and took the time to leave a review is, uh, you know, is in love with it. And those couple of people, and there's no split. There's no four stars. It's 100% five stars and a couple of one stars. So That's how it is, yep. It, it seems... mad and has to put a one, you know? Yeah, it seems like like it seems like the quality was good the putting together was good and and everything so uh the plus side is you know this is the second time around so it's uh, so this guy knows his way around the publishing knows his way around that aspect so it's unlikely that he's going to do the same thing that we see in many kickstarters where there are unforeseen situations things get pushed back content gets cut um, this also makes it rather likely that the uh, estimated delivery dates, which for a digital version is going to be May uh, for $30 uh, pledge, or for the hardcover books, you know, July 2019 for, uh, uh, for $60 or more for the hardcover versions. Um, and of course, 450 pages from, of a hardcover book from some splendid, splendid uh, nostalgia. Awesome. Now, there are, of course, definitely some downsides. For one, $60 is a bit of an ask. Even $30 is a bit of an ask for a game that, as it has been brought up in the chat, does seem to amount to a wiki. Um, I'm, I'm really glad that I'm not the one who had to say that. <laughs> Because that was the first thought that came to my mind. Indeed, Absolutely. and as a matter of fact, when we were discussing the the NES one back in the day, you did you were the one to say that um, about it. It's being been a while. I honestly don't remember. I actually brushed up on it before because I was like, man, I'm sure we talked about the first one. So, um, but that all being said. I don't disagree. I don't think that we are going to find any groundbreaking information in these in these books that we couldn't have found out in somewhere else. However, the unified form factor of bringing it all together, having a nice coffee table book in order to, you know, just flip through, learn some more about some various games, I think is kind of worth it to me, but $60 worth it for the hardcover, uh, that's that's just a bit too much for me. If it were $40 for the hardcover and $20 for the digital, I would be there. Um, but this is just about, you know, just about 50% more than I think I would personally want to pay for that. But that being said, um, I can't hold that too much against it because being outside of my personal comfort level of paying for a hardcover book, 
um, you know, shouldn't taint the whole thing for me. But uh, enough about what I'm thinking. Mr. Nice Guy, what's your take on this? Well, I've been looking at it, and, and, you know, I think, yeah, I think $60 for something that you can get on the internet for free is too much. But, I mean, we got to give this guy credit because it's not just getting something that you can get on the internet. It's getting it collected into a nice little package for you. You you know, you throw this on the coffee table. It's a good conversation piece for people who are into gaming and come by. Um, I mean, I I don't like that they're charging $30 for a digital copy. Mm. I feel like that's just not cool, you know? You, You basically... You, you copy, you photocopy, and you scan in the images of your book, and then you charge people for it. It's a smart business move, but I'm just not a fan of that. It, it goes back to the whole digital versus physical hardware thing. I think that if you're going to buy something like this, it should be the physical copy of it. So um, that's my opinion, Mac. Well, in spite of our opinions, this, uh, this Kickstarter campaign has already been fully funded. Uh, they were asking for 15000 to make the minimum necessary quantity of books to send to the printers, and they are about to hit 60000 So uh, good for you guys for quadrupling what, you know, for, for quadrupling what you were looking for. I do wish them well. Um, I, like I said, too rich for my blood, and who knows, maybe uh, soon enough that tune will change, maybe I'll start getting that sweet, sweet pharmaceutical money, and Mrs. The Mac will start getting those sweet, sweet dollar dollar bills, but until then, uh, until then, I think I'm going to say kickstart, because I like the idea, I think it's good, yes, I think they're asking too much money, but there's no deficiency of the campaign, of the project, of the product. As a matter of fact, it seems everything's firing on all cylinders. I just disagree with the price tag put on there. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, I'm with you about the logic. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're going to say kick it. No, you know what? Because I like that this type of stuff is collected. there's something cool about it being in book form. It's just not for me. But that said, I want it to succeed. And part of it is because he's already put together an NES one. So mm-hmm. he's got to do an SNES one. He's got to do a Super Nintendo, or excuse me, a Nintendo 64 one. And then we can take it from there. Maybe even a Game Boy one. That'd be kind of cool. So um, I'm going to say kickstart, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely not not buying it myself. Well, so there we go, and we've got uh, Mr. Nice Guy and I both think Kickstart. However, we do have a big reservation that it's just not for us. We think that the asking price is a little bit different. I, you know, I will say, though, if I could get, like, a $40, $30 softcover version, oh, yeah, I'd be there. But, uh, but anyway, that's what I had today for Kick or Kickstart. Back over to you, Mr. Nice Guy. Fantastic. Now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for the main event. It's time for the Dummy of the Week. 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 A segment of the show where we talk about... (laughs) This is why you need to be here for the live show to see me mess with Maction when I'm doing the echoes. Um, A segment of the show where we talk about someone who did something stupid, idiotic, or downright dumb and make fun of them. Mac, this one is really uh, very short this week and very straightforward. So this is uh, comes from WBRZ.com. It says, Walker police arrested two men suspected of stealing video game consoles from the GameStop near the Walker Walmart. 
William Fowler and Matthew LaPlantney are accused of disrupting the electricity at the store, breaking through the front door, and stealing several expensive consoles from display cases. So, I want immediately, Mac, I immediately want more details on how they disrupted the electricity. Did they use EMPs? Did they just turn off the lights? Did they cut the wires? I've got to know, Mac, because I'm looking at the pictures of these guys, and they look exactly like you would expect them to. So I don't think that they did anything super, like, I don't think they hacked in. You know what I'm saying? Well, consider there's always the option of going Paul Bunyan on the power lines. That could be it. That could be it. They knocked the power lines over, just chopped them up. You know, it could be it. They don't look strong enough to do that. Also, they look like if they were to use axes, they'd probably accidentally hurt each other. That's just what I'm saying. I shouldn't judge based on appearance, but that's what it looks like. It says security cams from nearby stores caught the men leaving the scene. So they went through the trouble of disrupting the electricity of the GameStop so that they could get in undetected, but forgot about all the security cameras everywhere else. Now, Mac, anyone who has ever played Splinter Cell knows you've got to check for security cams, man. You can't just run in all willy-nilly. You got you to gotta look around. You got to know your surroundings, and you've got to take out all the security cams before you strike. These guys are gamers, but somehow didn't know that, which I think is ironic. It says, uh, after posting images of the suspects on social media, detectives received a tip about one of the suspects' identities. They're booked into the Livingston Parish Detention Center on simple burglary, simple criminal damage and uh, to property, and theft. Mac, that's been our Dummy of the Week. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. If you're going to take out electricity, make sure you take it out for the whole block. These people have not watched Ocean's Eleven. Back over to you, buddy. All right. Well... In our last official segment of the show, which we call Legalese, Legalese, we like to talk about lawsuits present and past that shape how we play games. Um, this is a lawsuit that I've been following for a little while and I was hoping would help us shape the future for video games going forward, especially in light of the streaming-only future that seems to be looming more and more closely. Seriously, it is like a Lovecraftian horror, streaming-only. Please say no. But that being said, let's talk a little bit about Robert Fischel v. Activision Publishing. So Robert Fischel, normal guy, right? He buys a game called Guitar Hero Live. So he buys this game, Guitar Hero Live, and uh, Activision uh, announced last June that they were shutting down Guitar Hero, uh, Guitar Hero servers in December for Guitar Hero Live, and announcing that through the three years from their launch in late 2015, excuse me, that the cutting off the servers would cut off, or the turning off the servers would cut off in-game access to almost 500 of the songs, leaving only the 50 songs that were included on the game disc for those people who bought Guitar Hero Live on, uh, on consoles. But for those, uh, for those people who purchased the game for iOS and Apple TV where it was released, they become completely 100% unplayable. This is the future. This is the streaming only future that you guys are uh, that you guys are in for this is why you say no to streaming 
only future. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. So in September, um, Robert Fischel filed a proposed class action lawsuit against Activision over this shutdown saying that the suit alleged that the marketing materials for Guitar Hero Live promised, quote, an always-on music video network running 24 hours a day, seven days a week, end quote, thereby amounting to false advertising, and that the shutdown was not, quote, was not disclosed prominently and conspicuously before it took place. I'm going to just quote real quick uh, from Fischl here. Um, he says, uh, and this is, uh, he did a quick interview with Ars Technica about this, which is where I'm getting this quote. If I do this lawsuit, it's not for me, it's for the public. I gotta say, I'm typically fine knowing that server-based games will go offline, but as far as I'm aware, that guitar, the for Guitar Hero Live, is useless at this point. I don't think there are no other games that support it, and Apple TV is still a thriving platform, so there's no reason they shouldn't let me play it offline. Um, so I was really excited about this suit, right? Because with this, you know, streaming-only future, where a video game is only going to be playable and available as long as the company right, decides right, right. to maintain and direct the resources to that video game's continued survival, right? Only so long as they feel it's worth their time to continue support that will the game continue to exist. That is streaming-only future. So I was hoping that the out that the outcome of this lawsuit was going to be that we would have a class action that would wind up uh, helping us get the uh, sort of get the game companies to have at least some kind of responsibility, not to permanently maintain a game. No, no, no. That that would be just a little bit too much, even in my opinion. And I'm, you know, arguably I'm definitely kind of stuck in the past. But, uh, but I even don't think it's reasonable to expect a game company to, exp to support their titles forever. But I think there is an expectation for end-of-life plans for video games. And especially because we paid money to play that game, we ought to be able to continue to have access to that, right? The money that we spent needs to come with a tangible or at least a repeatedly enjoyable component to it. Just my take. Then again, I'm probably some kind of crazy man up in the night. So let me finish off by saying that Activision has decided that they're going to offer a uh, refund program for Guitar Hero Live, and sadly, Robert Fischel has asked, he made a motion on January 22nd for voluntary dismissal of the, uh, of the suit. However, and here's the one little shining bit of hope, the dismissal was made without prejudice. So here's your little itty bit of legalese terminology for today, and that is without prejudice is when a case is dismissed, and without prejudice means that it can be revisited in the future. There are a number of ways in which a case might be dismissed without pre prejudice, but the important thing is that it means you can come back to it. So this case is not closed. It could be reopened in the future, and I hope and pray that Robert Fischel does so, because what we need, we need a hero. We need a hero till the end of the night. 
And Robert Fischel, you could be that hero for us. I am not a lawyer. Not all heroes wear capes, man. Not all heroes wear capes. Not all heroes wear capes. I am not a lawyer. I just play one on a podcast. And that has been a little bit of legalese for this evening. Fantastic. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thanks for tuning in to episode 92 of Two Nerds in a Pod, the nerdiest gaming podcast in the galaxy. We're 92% of the way to 100 episodes. Before we go, we like to do one last segment called What We've Been Watching and What We've Been Playing, where we talk about just that, the games we've been watching and the TV shows we've been playing, Mac. I messed that up on purpose, bro. I wanted to see if you were paying attention. Uh, For those of you who are here live, we ask that you... Let us know in the chat what you've been watching and what you've been playing because we're always looking for cool, nerdy stuff to get into. Now, Mac, not something I've been watching lately, but basically we've reached a point where every single Marvel show on Netflix has been canceled now. We got news today that Jessica Jones and uh, what was the other one that got canceled today? The Punisher also canceled. I don't think any of those Marvel shows other than uh, what was the one that was doing poorly that everyone hated. So anyway, those shows are canceled. This week, as far as what I've been watching, I've been getting caught up on The Walking Dead again. Uh, and I've been watching, you know, a couple movies, watching some YouTube. I've been watching a lot of different stand-up uh, shows. I watched Ellen DeGeneres' stand-up special recently. It's brilliant. Oh, yes. She's one of the best comedians of all time. Have you watched it, Mac? I have, and I felt disappointed and crushed because her her theme there, Relatable, for Ellen DeGeneres' Relatable... I was like, oh my goodness, this was the only thing that I could possibly do to make a stand-up. That w- that could that's my the only routine I could ever have done could have been something about how relatable I am. <laughs> she stole because, it. Because as you know, I'm so relatable. She beat you to it though. She did. I think this is a blatant bit of thought theft on the part of Ellen DeGeneres. She Parallel somehow thinking. she somehow got into my brain and stole it. And she had and then she sent it back in time to herself so that she got to it before I did. Did you watch it with the misses or just I was did. it just you? I watched it with the misses. What did she think had, of it? Uh I loved it. I thought it was great. You, you like stand-up. What did your wife think about it? Did she like it? Oh, she loved it. She did as well. She also loved uh, She also loved this other one that we watched a bit ago called The First Option. Oh, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Mac always encouraging me to plug my comedy special, which you can go to lomgaluka.com and check it out. Um, so anyway, that's what I've been watching. Mac, as far as what I've been playing, mm-hmm. Call of Duty, really into it right now. Um, this blackout mode is just phenomenal. Also, I've been playing Apex Legends, just like everybody and their dog. It's a good game. I don't think it's as good as the others, but it's a good game. I enjoy it. Um, my boys are still really into Super Smash Brothers, and I spent a little bit of time playing Tetris 99. I think that's it, Mac. What about you? Well, I don't have anything so interesting. I've played just a little bit of Creeper World 3 still, it's got something like 80 different achievements, and I'm slowly but surely working my way through it. Um, and that's kind of the only game I've really played lately. As for watching, though, uh, Mrs. The Mac and I, we have been watching back through Better Call Saul. I may have mentioned that my I was able to get my parents to watch Better Call Saul, and um, and so I we're watching through it again to try and be up to date with them, be on the same page, and discuss with them the show because Better Call Saul has some of the best cinematography of anything I've seen ever. It's just brilliant. It's a phenomenal show. So, it's brilliant. 
Yeah, it is. But that's what I've been watching and what I've been playing. And again, those of you who are here with us live, please feel free to throw what you've been watching and what you've been playing in the chat because we are always looking for more nerdy content to enjoy. Yeah, so friendly reminder, you know, I got a plug, Mac. Anyone who is listening to this that saw me perform at the APCA conference in Orlando, Florida. It's Tuesday. I'm going to be performing Thursday. If you want to book me and bring me to your college, hit me up. Um, or you can hit up my agent who uh, you already have the info. Cutting Edge Entertainment. Check them out. Uh, and Mac, that's what I got to say. Should we wrap up? Should we get out of here? Yeah, let's wrap up and get out of here. We apologize for the little bit of uh, technical difficulties that we've had today. But thanks, everybody, for sticking with sticking with us through it. Um, so you all are the best viewers on Twitch, and you are the best listeners on Insert Podcasting app name here. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next Tuesday, same bat time, same bat rhymes. Keep it nerdy, everybody. See you.